Isaiah 40, verses 27 through 31. Hallelujah. Gil, would you, where is he? Would you ask the Lord's uh, anointing upon the word tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Sometimes God asks some questions of us. And it makes us stop and think, and that's good. Because the goodness of God is revealed in his word, and sometimes we read his word and we don't really stop and think about what we're reading. We fail to understand, we fail to profit from what God is trying to get across to us. So we need this, these questions to arrest our attention and that we might come to realize just how much God wants to do for us. We're reminded here, first of all, of the need for power. He giveth power to the faint. He speaks of power because he knows we need power. It's because of the lack of power <clears throat> that we faint. We have no might. We're weary. Even the young men utterly faint and fall. Today, there's so much fainting and weariness in the world. And we need something that we can get a hold of. We need something that would strengthen us in these hours when there seems to be so much evil so much that would come against us at every turn. 
unhealthy morals make it difficult for a spiritual man to even breathe. But in verse 28, we see the source of power. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. God is all-powerful. God is able to give us the power that we need. And all power is given to us through Jesus Christ. All creative and sustaining power was given to him. The fullness of the Godhead had dwells in Jesus bodily. If in four workers together with God, and we have all this power available to us, then let me ask you a question. How come so many of us are finding that we lack strength? How come there's this fainting in Christian circles? We say, Christ in me the hope of glory. And yet we grow weary. If I have all the power that I claim to have, why do I get so disgusted and so weary and so fed up with the things I see going on around me? Why do I have so little power to overcome these things in my life? <clears throat> Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God is at work in us, people. That's exciting. God is at work in you. Next we see the nature of power. Power is not something we put on. It's something that puts us on. It's something that enters into our being. With it comes the increased capacity for responsibility. The more you have of this power of God, the more responsible you're going to be before God. Power like love dwells in the life of God. The more we have of God, or I should say, 
the more God has of us, the more we have of the power. Acts 1.8 You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. It's the power of God that comes into our heart. The power of God that comes into our life. The power of God that indwells us, that causes us to be victorious. This power does not come from a new resolve. It doesn't come from youthful vigor. It doesn't even come from natural enthusiasm. It's the power of God. And it's the grace of God that has brought this power to us. Secondly, I'd like to look at the condition of this power. <clears throat> Along with waiting, there must be confession that there has been fainting and that there has been failure. The fact that we faint and the fact that we fail and the fact that we're weak makes us eligible for the power of God. Verse 29. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. The fact that I, there's a need there is the reason that I can have this power. So <clears throat> there must be a confession to that fact. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect, how? In weakness. Where your weakness is, that's where my power will show up. Hallelujah. Go over to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Verse 34, talking about these men of faith, and it says, they quench the violence of fire. They escape the edge of the sword. But look at the rest of the verse. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant 
in battle turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Because they were weak, God became strong in their life. So if you're weak tonight, there's hope. Hallelujah. Someone said, an hour of prayer can give the believer enough power from God to overcome the second most powerful force in the universe. Just one hour of prayer can give you enough power to overcome the second greatest force, the force of Satan himself. We're made overcomers. Amen? But it comes through prayer and waiting upon God. I'm becoming more and more convinced that the area most lacking is the area of prayer. I think we would find stronger Christians if there was more prayer. Hallelujah. Did you ever see or notice in sub-zero weather, adverse conditions, did you ever notice you go out there and the battery that's weak is soon worn down by the steady grind? We need a fully charged battery. We need all the power of God in our lives so that we're not worn down by adverse conditions. It says here, if we wait upon the Lord, that he'll renew our strength. Hallelujah. Wait on the Lord and change your weakness into strength. That's what it's saying. And fifthly, <clears throat> I want to talk about the evidence of power. We find it there in verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Three things. First of all, they're going to mount up with wings like eagles. Secondly, they shall run and not get weary. And thirdly, they'll walk and not faint. They mount up into a higher and a more pure atmosphere. Andrew Murray had these words to say. Yes, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. You know what eagle's wings mean. The eagle is the king of birds. It soars 
the highest in the heavens. Believers are to live a heavenly life in the very presence of a loving and joyful God. They are to live where God lives. They need God's strength to rise there. To them that wait for him, it shall be given. You know how the eagle's wings are obtained only in one way, by eagle's birth. You may not know it. You may not have used them, but God can and will teach you to use them. You have eagle's wings. we can soar into those heavenly places. Years ago, <clears throat> they'd call for the altar call to come and tarry and wait upon the Lord. People would flock around the altars and God would meet them in a mighty way. Now we've become an instant society. Everyone wants to hear from the Lord, but no one wants to wait. Everyone wants the strength of the Lord, but no one wants to wait upon it. I believe the greatest thing we could do if we have a need for more power in our life and most of us do if we're honest about it we need to come and we need to kneel around the altars and we need to be honest with God. God, I'm just here waiting on you to strengthen me. God, I'm just here and I, I need more of you in my life. Lord, I've come to fellowship with you and to wait upon you and to hear your voice. You said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. how much littler our problems would be if we would just wait upon the Lord. We wouldn't get going in the wrong direction so many times. Sometimes we fail to hear God and we're halfway down the block and God's hollering, Hey, wait! That's the wrong way! God is calling you here tonight to come and to just fellowship with God, to wait upon the Lord. See what He'll say to you. And when He speaks to your heart, write it down that you'll not forget. 
God wants to talk to you tonight. Won't you come and wait on the Lord? Find a place of prayer here at the altar. Pat, would you come back to the piano and...